the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What a blessing to have you join us today. In part four of A Call to Holiness, Pastor Rander begins by articulating what it means to be holy. The Bible tells us that once we verbally confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. And once we are saved, we are to be committed to growing in our faith and living a life wholly dedicated to God. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy as our souls are fed today on this much-needed series on living for Christ in today's world. Have your Bibles turn with us to 1 Peter. We're in a series, and we're just going to continue where we left off a couple of weeks ago. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. You bring your Bibles to church now. And uh, I know you got your computers and your, your, your cell phones, and that counts if you don't have nothing. But it's nothing like a real Bible. <laughs> look at, y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Technology will tell you. Y'all can't even say amen. amen. <laughs> Some of y'all can't use your Bible because you don't bring it. Because you, technology <laughs> has taken away your ability to even find the book of Genesis. <clears throat> We need a real Bible. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? amen? We need to hear some pages turning. If I tell you to find Ezekiel, some of y'all be stuck. First Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And there you'll find these words. The scripture reads, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach a call to holiness, a call to holiness. What does it mean to live holy? You may hear people saying that, but what does it really mean to live holy? Since God calls us to live holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means to live holy. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes. I reiterate, to be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes, for his honor, and for his glory. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. You will maintain moral purity before the Lord as you live a clean life before him. A holy life is a life that is just, 
A holy life is a life that is chaste. A holy life is a life that is righteous. A holy life is a life that is godly. This is one whose life is harmonized, uh, aligned, and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct and character. I reiterate just a bit here. Uh, to be holy is to have your life harmonized and aligned and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct and character. Allow me to transition at this time and ask another question. What hinders believers from living holy? Now, God commands us to live holy, but so many Christians don't live holy. And so the question is why? What hinders you and what hinders any of us at any given time from living holy before the Lord? I have a number of these. We're not going to finish. I'm not going to even try because it's too many insights for living to rush through such critical information. What hinders believers from living holy? A, pride. Pride. Pride is to think too highly or have too high of an opinion of oneself. It is to think too highly of yourself, to have too high of an opinion of yourself. You know what pride is? Pride is to be self-sufficient. I can make it. I got this. I don't need anybody. I can do it by myself. That's pride. Uh, You know what pride is? It is to act. It is to be so self-sufficient until it is to act independently of God. You keep God out of your thinking, God out of your life. You keep God out of your politics. Keep God out of the, the workplace. God out of the schools. Uh, I don't need God in this. Romans chapter 12, verse 3a says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now that is big. And some of you, you have too high of a view of yourself. And that's pride. Humility is the way. Humble is the way. The scripture says here, that you're not to think of, of yourself having a higher thought of yourself as you are to have. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. You want to see imminent destruction, just get carried away with yourself. Nobody can tell you nothing. You give word for word. You're cocky. You're high-minded. You're beside yourself. I'm going to tell you a big thought. All sin can be traced back to pride. There's not a sin that you can name that can't be traced back to pride. If you ask the Lord to reveal it to you, you will find pride somewhere underneath. You'll find it there. All sin can be traced back to pride. We cannot live a life of holiness before the Lord until we search our heart to sift out pride in every aspect of our life. Beloved, Lucifer fell from heaven because of pride. And if he did not get away with pride, you and I will not either. Satan 
a, a supernatural being in heaven fail? If he fell because of pride, you and I won't get away. You say, you say well, where is that in the Bible? Uh, I'm so glad you ask. It's in Isaiah, some other passages as well, but Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14 says, How are you fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning? You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroy the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I, look at the eye problem he had. And that's what you'd say, I, 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 I. It's not about I, it's about God. I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. Look here. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the earth. Verse 14. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. I'm going to be God. The scripture also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And Satan fell, and what a mighty fall it was. Beloved, Get over yourself. Let's say it together. Get over myself. Get over myself. Let's say it again. Get over myself. One more time. Get Get over yourself and seek to live in humility before the Lord. I I got some big news for you. You're not going to want to hear it, but only the truth is going to set you free. None of us in this room, including me, none of us are so righteous None of us are so spiritual. None of us are so holy. None of us are so full of the word of God. None of us are so prayer-minded that we cannot fall. How holy you are. You're You're not so righteous that you can't fall. Matter of fact, if you think you all led, you are ripe for a fall. The Bible commands us to be diligent in presenting ourselves approved unto God so that we need not be ashamed and so that we can rightly divide the truth of God's word. Among other things that the world tolerates, we must not be sexually immoral. We must not lie. We must not covet or have an attitude of ingratitude. God loves us. He forgives us. He gives us chance after chance after chance. He made us. Therefore, he knows we're not perfect. He expects us, though, to strive towards perfection as we grow in him until he calls us from labor to reward. That's that's all dealing with pride. Let me move on. Uh, What hinders us from living a holy life? Grumbling. This is to make negative remarks under one's breath or to possess a critical attitude that causes one to speak negatively against parental authority. There are children who, who talk down mother and father. Some of them are aged and they talk them down. They're so unappreciative. Mean-spirited toward their parents. Bad attitude. Rolling their eyes. Word for word. Slamming doors. Children out of control. 
That's right. That's right. My wife and I were looking at television. We saw this person in authority in the school choking this, choking this child. And my, my, my wife, I said, well, now that wasn't a good thing because he's going to catch it. But my wife, my, child, my wife said, well, yeah, but what led to the choking? <laughs> what led to the choking? And could have found out he had said something very, very demeaning and sarcastic. And uh, he, he set that man up. Now, he shouldn't have choked him. I know that. Now you can't touch him. That's what's wrong. Spanking is gone out, period. Years ago, he'd been taken to the principal office, and he, he would have had a heated seat. He'd have had a seat warmer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, a negative. Uh, uh, so people, children are negative against parents, grumbling against parents. Husbands grumbling against wives, wives against husbands. The grumbling in the workplace, grumbling against your supervisor. I know some of them are tough, some of them are not right, some of them are conniving. But listen, you're still making that paycheck. You stay there, trust God. And some of you got good insurance, good pay, and it's doing you right. Now, God didn't say you're going to have always perfect conditions, but that's, but that, that's just a making of a testimony in the midst of of circumstances that's not right. Thank God for a job even when things don't add up rightly. Uh, grumbling in the workplace. Grumbling against church leadership. You know, people, why does it have to be this way? Here we go again. Do I have to learn that scripture? We went five minutes over. But, 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 but somebody stayed up last night and watched that game. Y'all quiet now, but I know all y'all don't like basketball, but some of y'all do. That's right. What y'all say, amen? Y'all act like y'all don't know what's going on. Y'all, there's some basketball fanatics in here. Church leadership. You're, you're, you, 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 you're not satisfied till it's done your way. James 5, 9 says, do not grumble against one another. Do not grumble against one another. You ought to underline that. Who's the one another? Me. I shouldn't grumble against you. You shouldn't grumble against each other. You shouldn't grumble against your wife, your husband, your brothers, your sisters, the workplace. Your coworkers are watching you. They're watching you. And then you go talking about come go to church with me. Why? You're the biggest grumble on the job. They, they say you, you, you need to stay there and, until you get converted. Then come ask me. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. He's going to get you. He's standing at the door. How soon we forget the seriousness of being a grumbler. It is a sin that God does not take lightly. Time and time again, God judged Israel for grumbling. Beloved, you are self-deceived if you think you can grumble and not receive divine chastening from God. What hinders us from living a holy life? Sowing discord. This is anything that is done which breaks the unity of the spirit. It's anything that will break the unity of the spirit. Proverbs chapter 6 Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, and then verse 19 says, These six things the Lord hates. He hates this. Yes, seven are abomination to him. One who sows discord among the brethren. Sowing discord, undermining the ministry, throwing rocks, hiding your hand, saying little things under your breath is 
evil. Is evil. Is evil, 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 evil. You may not do pornography. You may not drink a Coors. <laughs> you, that's right. You, you, may, you may not uh, gamble. But if you are sowing discord, it will tear up the church and it will affect the testimony of the church. This is a one who sows discord. This is one who stirs up strife. They keep mess going. And some of y'all keep it going because you listening to it. Oh, wow. Ooh, ready. What? What happened? Child? Girl? Who? When? This is one who stirs up strife, contention. They messy. Stir up controversy in the family. Tap the family reunion. Won't even have a family reunion because you, you tore it up before they can get it together. <laughs> Tap the place of employment. Tap the church. You got a spirit of tearing up. And that's just as demonic as it can be. Somebody, listen, somebody tries to sow discord to you. You need to say, why are you saying that? Why don't we go to the source and let's pray with them and for them. Nobody will come to you again. <laughs> Satan is a master architect in using discord to create trouble. He's a master architect in using discord to create conflict and continuous friction, which will weaken, disable, and impede the church's ability to carry out God's mission on earth. See, see, Satan knows how to slow down the church. You just plant a few honorary, fast-talking, mouthing-off persons who sow discord and they make more mess than you can clean up. Which leads me into the next reason why people can't live holy. is because they're a busybody. Busybody. Ooh, this is, it, gets, it gets worse. It's going to get better, but right now it's getting worse. Say busybody. busybody. That's, that's in the scripture. See, y'all, y'all know these terms because you don't spend enough time in your, bi- in your Bible. Say busybody again. Busybody. busybody. That's, that's, some of y'all got a busybody. This is one who meddles in the affairs of others. They gossip, they reveal secrets, and stir up strife. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a, look here, here it is, as a busybody in other people's matters, in other people's business. Some of you knows is where it shouldn't be. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Now I want to say something about this passage that you probably just read over and don't even think about. Let me give you some insights about this passage. It is one thing to suffer because of your testimony, because of your conviction, and because of your stand for Christ. That's one thing. It's one thing to suffer because of your testimony, conviction, and stand for Christ. However, it is quite another thing to suffer because of your own foolishness and being an evildoer. Don't say you suffer for Christ and you, you, you perpetrate evil all over the place. In in other words, do not say you're suffering for Christ if you're experiencing consequences of your own foolishness and sinfulness. That's right. Don't don't get uh, caught 
stealing a ham out of H-E-B and saying you're suffering for Christ. Won't y'all say amen? Uh, what hinders holiness? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. This is one who professes to be what he is not. Give me short definitions. Y'all can't, under, y'all can't grasp these big ones. Let's keep it short so you can get the point. This is one who professes to be what he's not or she is not. He or she is a pretender. They'll, they'll say, oh, Sister Jones, girl, we had good church. We, we, we saw your name on the prayer list, and I thought I'd call and pray for you. Your husband uh, say, honey, what you want? Hypocrisy, a deceiver. Hypocrisy is an, an imposter. Hypocrisy, one who is a play actor. Romans 12, 9a says, let love be without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy has no place in the lives of believers or in the Lord's church. It also interferes with your ability to be an effective witness for Christ. Hypocrites cannot win people to Christ. Your life does send a message either for Christ or against Christ. God empowers a life that is genuine. God empowers a life that is authentic. God empowers a life that is pure in both public and private life. When believers live holy and according to the scripture, it is a powerful witness to affect the world for righteousness. I love it when people say that's that strict church. I say, thank you. I'm glad we're not loose. That's right. They wouldn't let me join. They, they put my membership on hold because I'm living together and not married. Well, that's a good thing. We just take y'all out, just come on in and just have it your way. No, we park you on hold a little bit so we can get it all worked out. Then we say, now go on with your membership. What kind of church do you want? You, do you want a righteous church or a hellish church? A church with standards or no standards? A church that is about holiness or a church that is about sin. All the Corinthian churches aren't gone. What, what keeps us from living holy? Hate. Hate. Say hate. This is to detest, despise, and have strong feelings of hostility, resentment, or malicious feelings toward others. This is to detest, despise, and have strong feelings of hostility, resentment, and maliciousness toward others. 1 John 3.15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Or what? A murderer. That's strong language that John gives. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That means they're not even going to heaven. Look how strong that is. They're not even going to heaven. I didn't get an amens then. It is impossible to live holy when you possess hatred in your heart toward others. It's a sad day when a husband hates his wife and just send his wife through all, abuse her, cuss her, slam her around, go out of the way to make her life miserable. Uh, some wives do it to husbands. Some brothers do it to sisters, sisters, brothers. Some supervisors do it to employees. God knows your heart. He sees your heart. God takes 
hate so seriously that he equates hate with murder. Look at the, he equates it with murder. My friend, you are self-deceived if you think you can get to heaven while harboring hate in your heart at the same time. The last place hate and racial prejudice should exist in the Lord should exist is in the Lord's church. This is, this is the this is the last place. It shouldn't even be here. Shouldn't even be here. Shouldn't even be here. Some of you get mad because. Your child marries somebody that's of another race. Well, the opposite sex say thank you. That's right. You want holiness. That's right. Won't y'all say, won't y'all say amen? You look at, look at me like I'm crazy. I mean, you know, you're interracial. You go into school. They are in the schools together, in the neighborhoods together, in church together. Uh, they're everywhere together. Now you upset. you you surprised because they got married. I, it's the, uh, get over it. Get over, get over it. Somebody do something hellish. The first thing people ask is, what color were they? Look how quiet it gets now. What color? <laughs> what? what matters? What does it matter what color was it? They were evil. Regardless of the color. They can be poking out. They poking out evil. Uh, one of the brothers of the church showed me a sign the other day. In Alabama, he went down to see his mother and he saw this sign on the marquee of this church saying, we don't want black folk here. I told him that's not the church. They just got a religious name. They just going through form and fashion. That church is not of God. What do they mean? We don't want black folk here. Close up. Close up. This church won't more Hispanics here. Won't more interracial couples here. One more whites here, Japanese, Korean, uh, uh, whatever you are. We must be genuine in our transformation from living a life based on worldly pleasures to living a life solely, completely dedicated to God. There's no such thing as half-stepping for God. We must be sincerely and totally committed to living the Christian life because it is the only way to live. And God knows the difference. In fact, we're not truly living until we are alive in Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 